Hey everybody, it's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama by way of the Low Glassboro, New Jersey. How you doing? What's up? How was your week? You know, um, it's just been a really, really, it's been a good week, you know, and I, I mean, I come on here and I say that every week, but for real, for real, I have some really good week weeks as, as always, there's always going to be some challenges, you know, um, of course, but I always choose to look at the, look at the positive and focus on the positive. The negative is going to be there, you know, and at the end of the day, to tell you the truth, I mean, when I got to weigh it out, you say, I've had some good days. I've had some hills to climb. Hey, but at the end of the day, my good days outweigh my bad days, y'all. And I'm just so grateful for that. I'm just grateful um, to be alive. You know, life in these days just take on takes on a new meaning. I don't want to remind you guys that elections cometh. Elections cometh. I want to give it up for everybody out there in the United States who have gone out to vote early. Don't wait for election day if you don't have to. If you just have to, then okay, you just have to. The main thing is that you vote. But what I'm so excited about is that the voter turnout so far is so significant. Alfredo and I, you know, we ordered our ballots and we will be voting absentee, absent um, in, in the Florida, um, elections. So we are doing our part. I want to encourage all the expats who, you know, you may not be living in the United States and dealing with that foolishness on an everyday basis, but it exists. And, um, we still owe it to, um, our country to, to vote. So if you are still a citizen of the United States and still a resident, um, a state in the United States, please do vote. Please do vote. There are actually organizations in different countries um, for voters abroad. We have one here in Panama and it's like Democrats abroad or something like that. And they're very helpful. They help you figure out how to navigate, how to get your vote in and everything like that. So it's super important. Um, as always, you know, I want to encourage you to get your passport. Every conversation that we have on this show is a conversation that I'm having with people because one thing that everyone has in common that I'm talking to is that they have their passport because the truth of the matter is if you don't have a passport, you cannot travel outside of the United States. Okay. That's it. You cannot travel outside of the United States. And we want to be able to have that option. Um, a lot of things are happening and, you know, you may need an escape plan. Make sure you and everybody you love and would want to take with you, if you decided to Blacksit the United States, make sure that um, everybody is properly equipped with that one thing they got to have, and that's that passport. So anyway, soapbox over. Um, just wanted to say, you know, in starting Black Expats in Panama, I know you all know the story about how, you know, once um, George Floyd, Karen in the park, COVID, you know, Donald Trump, the political climate, it just all collided in May of 2020. And it was just everybody had that collective, you know, acknowledgement like, okay, this is too much. 
So when that happened in that little innocent little um, Facebook group and page that I had started, Black Expats in Panama, I started in 2019, just blew up. So I reached out to my main man, Chris, um, at, with ITA Global. And I said, Chris, people are contacting me. You know, they're asking me, what is it like to live in Panama? You know, are there Black people in Panama? What is the culture in Panama? What is the healthcare in Panama? Are there churches in Panama? Is there somewhere to get my hair done in Panama? You know, um, I mean, just all of these questions were coming up. How do you get your residency in Panama? And I was like, I mean, I'm a relocation specialist. So... But I did recognize a need, and I thank God for positioning me to answer that call. And in doing so, I was like, I don't know these things. So I had an attorney. Giovanna Bernal was my personal attorney. I reached out to her. I said, Giovanna, I need help. People are asking about legal things, and um, I need somebody in my corner because, you know, I need people that know what's happening because I'm not about to get out there and say things that I don't know to be true. Um, and so we started to assemble a team and, you know, I had no boots on the ground with regard to realtors. I didn't have any experience with realtors at all in, um, in Panama, but Chris knew, um, Mike at Inside Panama. And, um, so Mike, so Chris introduced me to Mike Inside Panama and we actually just, you know, began to, um, to, to work with him. It was that person that we could refer people to uh, or connect people with who were interested in the whole real estate um, part of, um, you know, investing in Panama. And so that has been clearly, I mean, quite a while. We did our first tour in 2021 and Inside Panama has been, um, you know, on our team ever since we have our very own and beloved realtor, um, Maria, Maria Samudio and Maria has been with us since day one. You know, she's never missed. She hangs out with us on the second day of the tour. Um, she comes to the reception dinner. She comes to the farewell dinner. You know, she has like established meaningful relationships with black expats, um, in Panama, just across the board. And I just really appreciate the, the hard work and effort that she puts in for us. And also uh, Mike. Mike is the founder of Inside Panama. And um, he has been in Panama for almost 16 years. And he comes with a very strong background of mortgage mortgages and, um, and real estate. And he created Inside Panama. So I um, asked Mike to come and talk to us today about tips on purchasing real estate in Panama because it's you know always the mystery. Um, there is like different rules of um, of thought um, about uh, foreigners purchasing real estate in in uh, in Panama and with the banking system and everything. And so I just wanted to get Mike on the show so that he could give us, um, you know, his his experience based on his experience, just the skinny on what it's like to live in Panama because he, he moved here. He's an expat himself. 
uh, what it's like to live in Panama, what brought him to Panama, the trends of real estate in Panama, and exactly what we need to be prepared for when it comes to purchasing in Panama. So y'all know the deal. Um, I'm going to let him introduce himself and just give us all the information that can help us to make better informed decisions when it comes to purchasing real estate in um, in Panama. So you know the deal. I want you to hang tight. Let me get them on the line. Um, this is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama by way of Little Old Glassboro, New Jersey, right here on BlacksitRadio.com. And I'm going to be right back with our guest, Mike V. I don't even try to say his last name because I don't want to insult him. <laughs> but Mike V is coming up next. So hang tight. I'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama, and I'm coming to you today to make sure that you know about our new Black Expats in Panama community platform. That's right, our BEAT community platform, or BCP. That can be found at blackexpatsinpanama.net. Just click on that link that says, join the community. There you will find businesses, groups, as members, you'll be um, privy to events. You can have you can sell things with the classified um, section. You'll get exclusive information offering and interviews. You get discounts on Black Expats in Panama meetups and tours and ITA global um, events as well and so much more. So go over there, check out the membership, see which one is right for you, and let us know if you have any questions. Thank you. Mike V, welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlotte. Thank you for having me. I am so glad to finally get you on because you've just always been such a, a wealth of information. And, you know, when we're out here in these streets, as I would say, in Panama, we're in a new country. You know, we don't know things. We have to have reliable and trustworthy sources in our corner. So I'm grateful to have you and um, inside Panama in our corner. So um, I told them a little bit about you, but how about you just introduce yourself and just just tell us something about Mike. Okay. Well, my name is Michael Vitovich. I was uh, born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts, left at around 21 years old and moved to Lake Tahoe for actually, I went for a two-week vacation and stayed for seven years. Um, I was young, free, had plenty of time to ski and play tennis and play golf. I met my wife there and um, knew right away it was time to get away from cocktail waitresses and drinking and gambling. So we moved. <laughs> you met her in Lake Tahoe? Yeah, I, okay. did. I did. So I, I, uh, we have three children, um, two grandchildren, uh, a boy and a girl that come to visit us here in Panama every year for the last... Well, they came for nine years in a row, and then we had COVID, but they, they came again this summer, which was wonderful. Um, and we have two dogs and a cat. We, uh, we have homes in two different locations in the country. Uh, we have a home here in the beach area of Coronado, and we have a home in Boquete, 
because my company services six locations across the country and uh, I go back and forth to Boquete every two weeks. It's my busiest office. So. Um, there you have it. I've been here for 15 years. I'm going on 16 and uh, it's been a great ride. We, we, we really like Panama and um, we don't see ourselves going anywhere anytime soon. Wow. You've been here that long, Mike. You've been here 15, over 15 years. So yes, when, when you first came here, did you, did you buy in Coronado first and then Boquete or was it the other way around? Well, that's a good question. Um, when I came the first time, to be honest with you, my wife thought I was having a midlife crisis. She wanted absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> she wanted no part of leaving San Diego and our children and our grandchildren and her parents and the ladies tennis team. And uh, she just couldn't figure out what had happened to me. Um, what she didn't know, I was a mortgage banker. I owned a real estate company and, and, and uh, I was in the mortgage business. I knew that the 2008 financial meltdown was coming. Uh, I, I mistimed it. I retired in 2005 in anticipation of the meltdown. I just mm. wanted to get all my chips off the table and uh, not be part of the carnage. So it turned out I jumped out a little early. Um, so I was retired. I played golf every single day for a year. And really, I started missing being active, feeling like I was accomplishing something, doing deals. I just really missed it. So I started looking at emerging markets. Of course, 08 still hadn't come yet. I thought maybe I'd made a mistake, but I knew for sure when I was selling homes to people that were twice what they could afford and making loans to people that I knew for sure they would never make the first payment. And nobody seemed to care. Wow, wow. I knew that that was not sustainable. So at any rate, because I was bored, I started looking at emerging markets. Um, I looked at many countries, visited several, um, which just horrified my wife. Uh, she was not interested in Vietnam or uh, Thailand or Ecuador or any of the crazy places to her that I was looking at. That, um, and those places were coming up as emerging markets? That's correct. Costa Rica. I love this. I, you know what I love? I'm just going to say this real fast. Is you're the first person that I talked to ever that your, your reason for coming or ended up exploring was that you were looking for emerging markets. That's interesting. So go ahead. Well, go I, ahead. I, tell more. I knew that the U.S. financial markets were going to crash, likely worldwide. Um, so I, I couldn't think of a good reason to... To, to just sit there and watch it. So I thought, well, when others are going down, somebody else is coming up. That's, um, That's true, Mike. I did a lot of research, Charlotte. Like I became consumed with looking for the next spot. And you had time really, because you had retired. <laughs> I was exactly right. I was exactly right. <laughs> so I, I, you know, as I went down the list, Panama was not on my radar at all. Just simply... Costa Rica was. I even spent some time in Costa Rica really looking at it. And right next door is Panama. Never occurred to me. But once I looked at Panama, right away, I saw that it didn't present the challenges that all the other places did. It wasn't too far away from the United States. They used the U.S. dollar. Um, living in Southern California, obviously, I, I was a bit familiar with Spanish uh, language. Uh, the medical facilities were good. The infrastructure was good. And the, really the big one for me, the, the deciding factor was the economic engine. Panama has a good economic engine because of the canal. 
so the likelihood of that continuing is steady. The that, yeah, the, the whole world uses it for, for commerce. So it was likely that that was going to be better than some of the opportunities I, I had been looking at. Uh, so at that point, I convinced my wife to come have a look. Yes. Um, my only criteria was I'm retired. I want to live on a golf course. So we came to Coronado. I played golf. I frankly felt like I needed to change my shirt every three holes because it was pretty warm. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> so I thought, well, this isn't going to work. So we went to Boquete and they were just starting a championship 18-hole private country club that was exactly what I was looking for. It was very early in the game, but I bought a lot. The contracts that I had to build a home within two years. Well, finally, the 08 meltdown came down. Uh -huh. Probably 10 minutes after I signed my contract. Wow. Um, not, really, not really that close, but yeah. So I have a contract that says I have to build in two years and the whole world just melted down. Um, by then I'd convinced my wife we were moving to Panama. She said, her exact words, all right, genius, let me pick the spot. Because um, we need a house we can live in right now. And what you did is you bought a lot. We have to build a house. Right. So she's from Southern California. She liked the beach. Happy wife, happy life. Today we have a home in Coronado on the golf course. And, I, I, you know, I've, I've pretty much gotten used to the heat. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I, I prefer Boquete, but... Mm -hmm. uh, I go back and forth every two weeks, so I get the best of both worlds. That, yes, that's the best of both worlds. Um, I would say that's the best of both worlds for you. And, yes, you know, whereas is. some people like to live in the city. And so I think right. I call it my surf and turf. So it's like for the people that want to live in the city and the people that, you know, people that have a city home, like in Panama City, and then like a place down at the beach, I call them my surf and turfs, you know, so mm -hmm. it's kind of like the best of both worlds. And I think, too, it's probably not, do you think it's probably not quite as hot in, um, like, down in Coronado as opposed to, like, being in a city or something? You got a little ocean breeze, at least, right? Yeah, that's right, Charlotte. That's right. You know, you do get some ocean breezes. And, of course, in the city, you've got all these tall buildings and concrete, and, and it, it is definitely a bit warmer. Uh, but, you know, oddly enough, when I came in the beginning, I didn't just dive in. I literally hired a van and a driver. Mm -hmm. And I drove around this country every single inch. And I went around 21 times. Martha, I told Martha, you know, after we came, Martha was like, listen, I came, I looked. Are you over this stupid idea now? Can we go back to San Diego? Uh, and I said, well, honey, you know, to tell you the truth, I've looked enough that I'm, I'm even more intrigued and I'd like to go do some research. Um, her, her answer was, will you go right ahead? I'll be in San Diego with the kids and the grandkids and my, my parents and the ladies' tennis team. And you go do what you do. I don't think she thought I'd be gone for two years, but I lived in that van like a nomad. And I toured every single inch, 21 times. And it was fascinating, Charlotte. You know, in the beginning... Panama is endless beauty, endless beauty. It is. I found myself jumping out of that van every other day thinking I had found nirvana. And then it occurred to me, my wife's in San Diego. She doesn't want to be here. What in the world would it take to get her to come here and stay, ideally? And in, in light of the fact that I'm considering launching a real estate company, 
What are the clients going to want? What is going to need to be present for them to consider to come here and stay? So I literally got out a legal pad because obviously I was having too much fun. I was finding Nirvana every day. Um, <laughs> I thought I better get serious. What would it really take? So I started making a list. What would need to be present? Access, reasonable access to an airport. Mm-hmm. Reasonable access to medical facilities, grocery stores, hardware stores, mm-hmm. banks, social life. God, mm-hmm. please, please, tennis team. Um, yes. And as I, as I started making that list, I realized right away, out of every place that I visited, there were three places in the country that, that checked all those check, boxes. Check all the boxes. That's okay. Right. Panama City. Uh-huh what I call the Gold Coast here in the Coronado Gold Coast, which has expanded in the 15 years I've been here in the Pacific Coast, and Boquete, which had been rated number one in the world to retire for many years. So not to say that there aren't things going so, on. So you areas. said Panama City, Boquete, and... The Gold Coronado. Coast here, Coronado. Coronado, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Coronado. The, surrounding area, the surrounding area of Coronado. Okay. I didn't so, know they called so, it the Gold Coast. I call it the Gold Coast. Oh. <laughs> um, it covers from Punta Chama all the way up to Buenaventura. And back then, there was no Buenaventura. If you got past Santa Clara, you were lost. That was so it's, it's expanded. Yes. It's expanded. Okay, cool. So, so you had narrowed it down to three. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Now, there are, other, there are other places that are, you know, that people move to, but for sure, they're making compromises. There's things in that box that they can't check, right? So if they don't have children, probably school's not a concern. I forgot to add school to that list mm-hmm. if they have children. So here we are today. Panama has historically been a, a retirement destination. All of a sudden, the demographics are changing rapidly. Lots and lots of people are coming with families, children, because for whatever reason, they're not happy with the current education that they're getting mm-hmm. without getting into any of that. Yes. Because um, I ask people, why are you here? And irregardless of what they tell me, it comes out to politics or economics. They can't afford where they're at or they're unhappy with one side or the other. And they're just, they're leaving. Don't want to be there. Which is a very, huge, that's a very, very significant thing for Americans to do. Americans typically don't do that. Mm-hmm. They don't leave everything they've known. They don't leave their whole life. Europeans, yes. Americans, mm-hmm. not so much. So this is very a strange or new phenomenon for me mm-hmm. to watch this happen. Right. But because some people are coming, it is again expanding those boundaries because the infrastructure in those three places can only handle so much. So That's true. People, people are looking at the Azuero Peninsula. People are going further out into the Cherokee province and looking at Volcan, for instance, or Puerto Moyes, where before they really weren't. Um, but they're still reasonably close to medical, reasonably close to grocery stores. As far as schools, there's schools popping up um, to accommodate, again, the demand. The, the, yeah, to accommodate the need and the demand. That's right. So and, that's, and that goes back to people doing their research, like how you researched the emerging markets and how you did all your research. That That's, that's good stuff. That's good stuff, Mike. Well, Go ahead. There has to be somebody, there has to be somebody, Charlotte, that has to 
put up a mirror of reality in front of people. So I've had people come that are 78, 79 years old, mm-hmm. and they want to go down to the Azuero Peninsula and buy a lot and build a house. I think I, I owe it to them to say, well, have you ever built a house? Do you speak Spanish? Do you realize they build houses differently than they do wherever you came from? Mm-hmm. Do you realize that you would have to be physically on site every minute of every day during that construction? They don't know any of that. I feel like if I don't tell them that, one day they're going to come to me and say, well, why didn't you tell me this and this and this? Or their children. I've had their children come to me and say, why didn't you tell my mom and dad that, 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 that? I used to think I was just a facilitator. I'll do whatever you tell me you want me to do. Right. Today, today I feel like, what if that was my mother and father? Yes. Uh, I would sure appreciate if somebody would say, look, if you really want to go out there and build a house, we can do that. But first, I'm going to put all these disclaimers in there to tell you to consider this and consider that. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to show you that you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. That's right. That's it, Mike. That's right. And it's not even, it's like that advice about building, you know, deciding you're going to go buy a piece of land and, and build on it. That's not even just advice, the advice that you give. It's not just advice for older people. I tell anybody, I wouldn't have done it. I would, not good- have, I would not have tried to build a home here and not be here. Our home was built by a developer which was mm-hmm. a much different situation than me having to go out and vet contractors or, you know what I mean? Find a project manager and, and everything like that. It was, the, the home was built by a very reputable developer. And even at that, we hired an attorney who watched the whole process for us. He was really amazing. And, and, and it was a lot of differences that I wasn't prepared for. You know, I didn't know about, you know, relocation or who to call. We didn't have a realtor. We didn't, you know, we none of that, none of that. We didn't have some of the resources that people know to look for today. I never even thought about, thought about it, Mike. It's like, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Okay, so real estate, of course, is is, is a big one. So let's just start with, um, you know, I mean, you've had like 18 years. You said you were business banking for eight years, 18 years? Or you was yeah. the, you, you did mortgages so far for eight years? I did. Eight, I, seven years. I worked for the largest mortgage bank in the world for seven years. And then I decided to go out on my own. And I okay. created my own, my own mortgage company. And at that time... I added the, the the added service of selling real estate. So now I would sell them the real estate and I would do the mortgage. Aha, um, yes. You know, I was a mortgage broker in one of my past lives. I know you were. Like the, right, right before the bus too. Um, yeah, so, right. okay. So give us some, give us some pointers about things that we should be aware of if trying to invest in real estate in in Panama. Just just go ahead, talk to us. Okay. First of all, number one, move slow. Slow, slow, slow. Uh, There's really no reason to be in a hurry. There's no reason to rush out and buy a a corporation or a foundation or set up things that you don't even need yet. Um, Really, I think that the wonderful thing about your tours Charlotte, is people don't really know geographically where in the country do they want to be? Where are they going to be happy? Is it going to be in the Caribbean side? Is it going to be in the city? Is it going to be on the Gold Coast? Is it going to be in the Highlands? They don't really know. 
mm-hmm. because they don't know what's associated. Well, I've always wanted to live on the beach. Okay, well, here at the equator, do you realize that's pretty warm every day? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, geez, I, I really like the idea of the sound of living in the rainforest. Well, rainforest, 50% of that term is rain. That means yeah. you better like rain, right? A lot or, of it. They don't know what the want. Well, oddly enough, it, it, there is a lot of it, but it doesn't affect me playing golf very much. Mm. So rain's like, all of a sudden it's all dried up. But how that works, I don't know. But right. my, my point is, go very slow. Ideally, have an objective. What is my objective? Why am I doing this? What am I hoping to achieve? What um, is my why? What is my why? Why am I doing this? And if I get into this, do I have an exit strategy? Am I going to get out whole? And if I don't get out whole, what am I willing to leave behind? There's, there's so many things. Um, but number one, move slow. Mm-hmm. Number two, work with only reputable people. Not because they told you they were reputable, because somebody like you already vetted them mm-hmm. or make give you references and literally call and talk to those references. Mm-hmm. Uh, like do your homework. You're in a foreign country where you know nothing. It's so easy to lie to you, right? Um, if you're going to get in a car with somebody that claims they're a real estate agent, I, I would say, can I see your license? Mm. Can, can I actually see it, right? Uh, I carry a picture of mine on my, on my telephone. Of course you can see it. I, I want you to know that I'm reputable. Yes, I have a license. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you really can't do anything of any significance without a very, very good lawyer. And I mean a very good lawyer. Personal referrals, if you can. Maybe it's because of my experience as a lender. As a lender, as you know, we have to ask many questions. Yes. Yes. I'm not shy. I'm not shy about asking questions because I feel like I'm doing a service to this person. Look, do you have any medical conditions that would need you to be close to a hospital? Because the area that you told me you'd like to visit, I just want to point out, maybe a challenge in that area. Yes. Um, do you have children that you planned on putting in school? Because the area that you're pointing out is not necessarily going to fulfill that. So I guess really what I'm saying is make sure that your expectations match up with reality. Right. And and that's not really going to happen unless you have somebody reputable sitting across from you saying, okay, here's the list of the things that you told me you're hoping to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Let's go through that and match up expectation with reality. Right. Um, that's probably the best thing you can do for them out of the whole process uh, is make sure they don't end up in a plop, in a location that's not going to allow them to fulfill what they came here to do. Do you recommend people, like you say, you know, go slow. So maybe you recommend people come and lease first. I think that that's probably a good idea in any market. Um, you know, there are some people that, that when I meet them, they're on their third or fourth trip. Right. So they, they come on a tour with you, for instance, mm-hmm. and then they come back and do their own little thing. And then they go check on someplace where perhaps the tour didn't go. Mm-hmm. And then they come back. Okay. This is my fourth time here. Mm-hmm. I've dialed it in. This is where I want to be. So especially today, it's so busy. The inventory is just flying off the shelf. Yes. So, so far we have not seen upward pressure on the prices for the sales, but rentals, the rent, the, the rents are going up. I can tell uh, you. In fact, uh-huh. Okay. So I tell people, look, if you've decided that you want to live in Coronado or you want to live in Panama city, or you want to live in Boquete and you've already made up your mind. Mm-hmm. Yes. Logically you should rent first. However, if you see something that's 
meet your criteria, meet your price, meets everything. My advice would be pull the trigger because it may not be there next week. So not to, not to push them away from renting, because I, right. I, I do believe in it. Right. But you've already made up your mind you're moving to Panama, and you've already made up your mind where you want to be, and you found something in your price range, in the neighborhood that you like, you're, you're, you're putting at risk that it might not be available, because right now the absorption is very high. I'm sure Alfredo and I was a realtor's dream. You know, the, the lady, <laughs> I, I mean, we were just like, we like it. Yes, yeah. we saw we saw one place. I never saw another place. We saw one place and we were like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, fortunately, and I'll have to say too, Francis and, and Tito. Francis and Tito, Cisnet, you know, Black expats in Panama, the members, I think they actually met us after they met you. Uh, and they, they hadn't even they, met you. And they bought no, they their house sight unseen through I, I your eyes and your assistance and i'm jealous i when i went to their house for the first time i was like you gotta be kidding me what a deal they got out in coronado their house is beautiful and they're so happy there well in fairness to them they didn't know me like you said yes and we we they interviewed me that's for sure and no matter how the interview went which went fine they had to make a leap of faith Mm -hmm. They still had to look at each other and say, well, he seems like a nice guy. He was recommended to us. This is a big deal. Are we really going to buy a house sight unseen with this guy? Uh, so they made a huge leap of faith. They did. And boy, oh boy, boy, when I read their testimonial afterwards, unsolicited. Yes. Seems to me they were very happy with what they did. And, and yeah. as it turns out, that was the first time we'd sold a home sight unseen. Since wow. then, we've done. 14 more times, which to me is really? unprecedented. unprecedented. Uh, okay, so, all right, so cash would definitely be the, the most popular and, and easiest way to go. How long do, like, even if you have a cash, a cash transaction, I'm told that these real estate transactions take longer in, yes, in Panama than they do in the United States. So wh what can we expect as far as differences in that regard? You know, the shortest term I've ever seen here, only one time I did it in 10 days. It was a miracle. It was an act of God. I'm not sure what happened. Um, <laughs> most of the time it's 60 to 90 or even more. Um, and it's because of situations that come up that, again, why you need a very good lawyer all the time, Charlotte, all the time. Somebody buys a house. Next thing I know, the buyer's attorney is calling me saying, Mike, there's there's no house on that lot. Well, yeah, sure there is here. Want me to send you a picture of it? Well, no, 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 no. There's no house registered on that lot, which typically means whoever built that house didn't get a permit. So as far as the government knows, there is no house on that lot. This is where exploiting inefficiencies comes in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an expert in fixing that. Mm -hmm. um, most people don't want to deal with it. And if I can go in and buy it at a deep discount, I'll deal with all the issues associated with getting mm. that fixed. Um, some lawyers are, are, are very adept. I have a very good lawyer that, that can also fix that problem. And that we need to look for, look out for, because I mean, you figure if you're coming from the United States and you got, bam, you got the cash, you're, you're figuring we're good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're good. I can probably close and get the paperwork done in two weeks or less, you know, no. but 
Don't expect that. If that happens, it's not, it's not the norm. That's right. It's not, not the, the norm. norm. I think managing expectations and having professionals that break it down to you, like this is what you can expect to happen, you know, is super, super important. So, okay, that is one more thing. what I do for my own sake so that I don't have to keep answering the same questions over and over and over. Exactly. I really set the expectations. Exactly. I even write it down. It's efficiency. It's efficiency and it's, it's valuable. So tell me this. Now, the fees are different. Like in the United States, there's usually a 6%, right? 6% fee, typically. 3% to the buyer, seller, 3%, I'm sorry, realtor, 3% to the, um, the seller's uh, realtor. And then you have taxes, that you know have to be you know paid maybe advanced taxes other closing costs but here how is it structured what can okay. we expect okay so i actually wrote down notes in anticipation of this question okay good i'm listening so the first thing that happens if you come to me and you tell me you want to buy a property we're going to write an offer to the seller i'm going to need your passport and I'm going to need what they call a know your customer form, because with all this governmental stuff, they want to know that people aren't coming to Panama that are drug dealers or money launderers or weapons or human traffickers and all sorts of crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to need those documentation from you before I author the offer to purchase. Okay. Is I'm that including a background check, Mike, or not that deep? Well, the background check already came when they got their residency. I wasn't involved oh, okay, in that. Okay, okay, okay. So you, no, no matter if you've had your residency for a while, you, it wouldn't be required again. Right, because your, your background's already been checked or you wouldn't okay, have gotten got your you, registry. Got you. Okay, cool. So in addition to that offer to purchase, I'm going to ask you to write a check to Inside Panama Real Estate that I'm going to hold. I'm going to hold it for you. It's not going to go anywhere. It's refundable. But what I'm doing is I'm presenting an offer to a seller saying, look, I know who my buyer is, is all the documentation. Mm -hmm. And I'm giving you a check for $1,000 because maybe we're not going to agree to every term in our offer. So while we're negotiating, I would like you to take the property off the market so you don't sell it out from under us while we're, while we're talking. It's, it's called a separation agreement, right? Most agents have no clue what it is and, and, and don't even use it. But in fairness to the buyer, I don't want the seller to look at an offer for 300000 and then call me in the morning and say, you know, I told my neighbor that I was about to sell my house for three hundred. He said he'd give me three hundred and ten. Well, if I take that separation check and the, and the owner signs a contract acknowledging He's taking it off the market until we're done negotiating. I'm protecting my buyer. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. So then I explain the rest of the process. No, the seller accepts your offer. Now we take your offer and I do what I call a statement of, of information. I send to both lawyers. We just sold the house. This is the buyer. Here's their passports and know your customer. This is the seller and all their information. These are the terms of the transaction. Both lawyers, contact information, buyer and seller, all the contact information so that they don't have to. Part of the reason things take so long is because they're not provided with the information up front. I try to keep that wheel moving, right? Right, right. So are they buying it in a corporation? Is it already in a corporation? Are they taking it over? Are they creating a new one? All these things that if you don't tell them, nobody knows, right? So then I go over exactly what you asked about. 
the costs, okay? So now the buyer has submitted an offer, seller has agreed to, it's gone to the attorney to draft what they call the promise to purchase, mm -hmm. which supersedes the offer. It's like escrow instructions in North America. As you know, you submit an offer, then when you get escrow instructions, that's the real deal. It supersedes, everything's tidied up now. Okay. okay? Once that promise to purchase comes out and it's signed by both parties, the buyer has to submit 10% of the purchase price to the seller's side. Okay. okay. That money is non-refundable. So from the time that you submit the offer to the attorney drafting up the contract and you reviewing it, ideally your attorney is doing a thorough job doing the due diligence to make sure there's nothing amiss. Like obviously my attorney dropped the ball on the lot I was buying, right? So that attorney is going to make sure, is this the real owner? Uh, do, does this person have brothers and sisters or partners who may not even be aware that it's for sale because they got to sign at the end, right? Right. Does he owe any money? Does he owe any money to anybody? Do they like do what they call search in like similar to a title search in the states? Right. That solves one piece of the puzzle. Uh, does he owe money to the electric company? Does he owe any money to the water? Did he pay his taxes? Does he have any uh, outgoing, uh, ongoing disputes with his neighbors or judgments? There's a lot of things to find out, right? So this is you after you've given the 10 percent to the seller. The you, don't, you don't sign. You don't sign the promise to purchase and hand over that money until your lawyer says, "Okay, I've done all my due got diligence. You. Got you. you." Need to know to make sure is the corporation clean? Uh, is is it going to be an easy trans transfer? Have they paid right. their annual fees? There's that's part of the due diligence. Okay. If you decide that you're not going to hold the property in your personal name and you want to form your own corporation or you want to form your own foundation, of course, you're going to have the added expense of that. You don't know. The seller is responsible for paying, of course, their lawyer, the transfer taxes and the capital gains. So in Panama, when you sell a property, right away, you got to pay 5% to the government. Okay. 3%. So, so the seller has to pay 5% to the government. Right. 3% of that is capital gain, regardless of whether you made a penny. That 3% is on the sales price. And the, then there's a 2% transfer tax to transfer it from that person to the new person. 5% out the window. Okay. In addition to that, typically commissions in Panama are 5%. Like everywhere, including North America, that is negotiable. Um, if I got to get on a boat, to show your property out on an island, I'm probably going to charge more than 5% um, to handle that transaction. So it but, would be the 5%. Let me make sure I'm following. Okay. So yeah. it would be the 5%, which would be 3% for the sales sales tax pretty much, right? Is that right? And then 2% for capital transfer. Gain. Capital oh, capital gain. gain. Capital gain. Capital gain. And then 2% transfer. Then you're correct. saying the next 5%, that's the realtor fee? That's correct. And does that, that realtor be, fee, does that real, is that per realtor or does that realtor fee get split if you have two? It gotcha. gets split if you have two. Okay. And the seller and it, pays that. That's correct.
Have you put in place the tools and marketing strategies that will drive the revenue and growth outcomes for your business? Are you looking to expand your brand and image nationally and globally? Commercials, podcasting, graphics, and marketing support are just some of the ways we can dress up your business for prime time. We are EliteConversations.com. To learn more about us, check us out at EliteConversations.com, our website, email us at ecpodcastmedia at gmail.com, or call us at 301-900-5703. There are many people that need to know about the wonderful products and services you have to offer. Let Elite Conversations help you to get the word out. so much um, for that. It's awesome conversation. A um, lot of good information. Congratulations on your um, all your awards you just got. Um, I really, honestly, it's um, we're really happy to, you know, be partnered with you. And uh, Maria does work. Maria works so hard for our, our clients and our, our beat family members. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know, Black expats in Panama is it's not a group, it's a community, it's a family. And you know, well, I feel the same, I feel honored to be part of your organization because I genuinely believe in what you're doing. You you found a niche and you provided a service, which is exactly what we talked about. Mm-hmm. I believe that you're providing an awesome service. Um, and, and those people will benefit from your service and hopefully will benefit as well. And the mm-hmm. lawyer will benefit, and the insurance person will benefit. Because you're going to hook them up with good qualified good people. Good people. I, I mean, we've been um, we have been fortunate and blessed. You know, um, the people we're always expanding, and but the the people that we've worked with, the professionals that we've chosen um, to partner with, uh, have just been. You know, you guys have been excellent. We haven't had any you know complaints or or anything. So that's what's up, and that's what's important. And we keep. Well, that's my, that's my goal. Yeah, exactly. Because we we keep touch and we let people know. Okay, this is who we recommend that yeah. you you see for this service. You know, if for some reason you're having an issue, you need our assistance or intervention. So we are we are very closely connected to our um, clients. So I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for being there. I want to thank you for. Um, you know, for me, particularly coming into this environment, and I, I don't do real estate. I tell everybody, I do not do real estate. That is just not, I'm not, I'm, I don't do it, you know, but mm-hmm. I need to be connected with people mm-hmm. who are properly licensed to do it and who I know will do it well and serve our clients with the excellence that we just spent over an hour talking about. So let me close, let me close out. Did you, did you want to say something? Go ahead, Mike. Well, just one last thing. Uh, okay. One of the things, one of the things that you asked when we spoke earlier was 
how do people find inside Panama and how can they look at things for rent or to buy? And mm -hmm. if there's a way you can post it, um, uh, I can send you the, the link to the website. Obviously, there's a map on the website that allows them to um, see, first of all, the country. The reason that I put the map there is sometimes I like people it. come. Well, it, people say, Mike, I'm coming for a week and I want to see this house and this house and this house. And I look and I go, well, logistically, you can't do that. Yes. All over the country. Well, they don't know that. Yes. They look at them. So I, I think that I'd like to be able to, to offer your people. Here's a link to the website. If they want to contact me directly and you and I can talk about how that happens. Mm -hmm. We forgot to do that. Yes. Uh, I will send them a ebook, almost a hundred pages long, virtually mm -hmm. every single thing you want to know about relocating to Panama. It's free. There's many mm -hmm. people out there selling it for six, seven hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. I give it to you for mm -hmm. uh, a piece of um, parting advice for our listeners. What would that be? Well. I guess the, the parting advice that I would offer would be look, come with a clearly defined objective. Why are you coming? What are you trying to accomplish? Be patient, come with an open mind and more than anything, enjoy the experience. It's good for your soul. Enjoy it. Um, take the tour and just enjoy it and absorb it. And maybe it's for you and maybe it's not, but if you come with an open mind, you'll definitely have a better time. And you'll know. And you'll know. So I thank you. I thank you for joining us. And I'm going to, uh, I will talk to you soon. And okay. have a good day, Mike. Thanks, Charlotte. It was a pleasure. And there you have it. That was Mike V. And I mean, like I said, he is full of information. There's nothing like, you know, speaking to and having access to people who actually have the experience that we need in order to help us make informed decisions. This whole international process is something completely new to us. And I always talk to people about, um, you know, just legacy and how our groups are a little different. Our groups are different in a sense, maybe from some other uh, relocation tours in the sense that we're just not so you know, we're not as fast to pull the trigger when it comes to, I mean, Al and I know we were a special case, <laughs> but, you know, because I think it's just because we just haven't seen a lot of that within our families, um, you know, seen, a, to, seen enough of, of people that we know that are doing those things. But you know what? We are changing that one person at a time. And every time you know, we can interview an expat who has made that move and you can see somebody who looks like you, somebody from your hometown, you know, somebody from the same background as you making those moves. I know that you'll be encouraged. When we start to do that, like we are now, you know, we are our ancestors' wildest dream. Believe me, I believe that. Then, you know, our, that will change the trajectory of the, our, um, you know, generations to come. So I'm appreciative for platforms like this one um, who allow us to speak to people with that experience. I thank Mike for being on the show. Um, and I hope that that information was helpful to you. Like my cousin Greg told me a long time ago, Cheyenne, this is Panama. Forget everything you know about the United States. I swear it was the best piece of advice.
that anyone could have ever given me as a person who was becoming an expat in another country. Um, so um, I hope that you all enjoyed that. And I also wanted to tell you that if you missed the Exodus Summit, the Exodus Summit that was hosted by Roshita Dow and Stephanie Perry was really good. This was my first time um, attending, and I think that you can still purchase the replays. Um, I think you can still purchase the replays, but it was, was really good. It was very informative. And, you know, when I purchased it, it gave me the opportunity and the chance to say, okay, I need to stop what I'm doing and gain, you know, additional knowledge um, from watching different videos and stuff. Cause I really don't get a lot of time to do that, but I, I did. And it was just absolutely amazing. So look them up. It's E-X-O-D-U-S, the Exodus Summit. Um, the other thing I wanted to tell you about was that uh, we announced um, an amazing collaboration, an event with 60 plus Black women expats. Yes, um, Black expats in Panama cultural relocation tour is um, going to be, it's a special tour just, just for them, you know, so they're, they're going to be hosting um, a special private Black expats in Panama cultural relocation tour just for that group. If you have a group that you're in and you would like to just have the uh, cultural relocation tour just for you and your group, that private um, group tour, hey, just let us know. And um, we can look at making that happen. But I am super excited about working with Deborah Valerie because, you know, we have just had a really good relationship from the very beginning. When she asked me, I think she was one of my first interviews, and this is 49, by the way. Um, when she asked me so politely, you know, would you mind if I, you know, promoted my group on your page? I'm like, just the way that she came at me was correct and in order. And we've been good ever since. And so I'm so excited to work with her. So we will be um, bringing the 60 plus um, Black Women Expats group to Panama in April of 2023. So if you're interested, go on over to Deborah's page on Facebook and um, and see what's, see what's going on and how you can become a part of that. Um, we are in Colombia at this time. We're in Cartagena. We have a group of about 30 and we are experiencing the um, Palenque woman and all of the Afro-Colombian history that we can absorb. So um, that's another amazing thing that is happening right now. And um, so with that said, I just want to say thank you for listening. Hope the show was great for you today. It definitely was for me. I want to thank my main man, Daryl Spears, Elite Conversation Podcast Media, and um, for producing this show. So, um, listen, I love you. I love you. I love you. And there is just absolutely nothing you can do about it. Okay. So I will see you guys next week. Until then, be blessed. This is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama, by way of little old Glassboro, New Jersey, right here on BlacksitRadio.com. But listen, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.